All right, we are live. Baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna hold y'all. Let's get to the intro. Welcome to episode 329 of Technical Foul Podcast, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. And this is your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Ask Catchem, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. I ain't gonna be yelling. I'm at the crib and shit like this. So I'm trying to keep it little. <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as the Eric J. Mr. Boy, can't no, hear <laughs> No, I thought you was going to say about Camille, my bad. No, like, Camille isn't here. Uh, yeah. I can't hear her. She can go through your intro, but we do want to say uh, get better, feel well, feel better. Absolutely. Send some uh, Camille, prayers yeah. and shout-outs to Camille. Camille and the mayor got a DMP uh, cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's your boy, can't hear us, the gentleman. The gentleman. The everyday gentleman. 24-7. Uh, better known as still working on it. Yeah, I'm about to say, what the... <laughs> Stay away from the take that, take that house, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, we need y'all help. We say it every week. And it's true every week. Uh, we don't grow without y'all. So please make sure that you subscribe to Technical File on YouTube. Make sure that you are following us on all of your social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Obviously, we have a Facebook group uh, called Tech File Overtime. Um, just wherever you can interact with the show, please make sure that you do. Um, every Tuesday, 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time, we uh, record live on YouTube. Uh, if you join that live recording, then you get to join us in the comments get to interact with the show, let your voice be heard. So make sure that you're doing all that. Um, as we say every week, man, that, let us know what that word of mouth do. That mouth do though. Because we don't grow without y'all. So make sure that you help us out in that regard. Um, no Camille and we're virtual this week. So we're going to skip the game that needs a name, uh, but we will be bringing it back. It's been a couple of weeks um, and I miss winning. So, <laughs> Damn. Um, with I, 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 am I wrong though? <laughs> I, I, I Whatever. I'll bro. be first out every week. <laughs> <laughs> I got time for this foolishness. What? What? Uh, La Knight say? Tell. Uh, stop me when I'm start telling lies. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy, bro. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get straight into the to the sports talk uh, this week. Um, I don't know where all the bells and whistles are, so we're just gonna start talking. <laughs> um, Super Bowl, what what Super Bowl are we on? What number is it? 40, 50, 50 something. Uh, let me pull it up. 34? Whatever, it's, Super, it's Sunday. Super Bowl 2024. That's what we on. <laughs> <laughs> so the L is 50, right? Yes. 58. Okay. I was I, I started 
that sentence and then I realized like halfway through, I'm like, I don't know what number that is. Um, yeah, Super Bowl 58 is this Sunday. It's a rematch of the Super Bowl, what, four years ago? We got the 49ers and the Chiefs. Um, I guess first and foremost, how do you guys feel about the Super Bowl going into it? Like, it's been, it's been a long season, um, a, a winding road, and we got back to two, two, uh, two teams that we're very well familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, based on the season, honestly, like, outside of Baltimore, Kansas City was up there, too. So it's like, as far as the, the top teams go, you're seeing two of the top teams in the NFL going head-to-head, which – it kind of would be the expectation. Um, 49ers are very vulnerable. Uh, Chiefs have been looking like each week they've gotten better in the postseason, which is a bit scary for probably San Francisco because, I mean, they got carved up with the running game. They have a coaching staff in Kansas City that is really good at adapting and drawing up game plans. They have players a la Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, who just don't seem to like infallible, bro. Like they just they <laughs> it's unreal. Like the, the they show up week in and week out. Like you can depend on anything, you can depend on those two for sure. <laughs> so this one should be another uh it should be a banger, honestly. Like last time we were here, it was thirty one to twenty Chiefs. <laughs> this is gonna be Mahomes' fourth Super Bowl. Um it's kind of wild because crazy that he's going to be this, this is number four he has a long way to go in his career hopefully God willing he has a pretty decent amount to go and if this is just going to be the norm <laughs> for him, like most teams get there and don't see it again a lot of a lot of players only see it one time one shot one chance but the shit if you're riding with Mahomes my homeboy <laughs> you've been there a couple times like you might start taking that shit for granted so maybe that'll be their 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 kryptonite in, in this essence. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I think it's gonna be a good game though. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a good game. I'm expecting to be a shootout. Uh one thing, like going through the playoffs, going through the season, like watching the Chiefs and seeing that they are back in the Super Bowl is you know how we talk about LeBron, like how we're not gonna appreciate greatness until after he's gone. I think that's where we're at right now with Patrick Mahomes. Because, like, just like Tim was saying, like, he shows up, like, every Sunday. And he'll do something in a game. You'd be like, fam, like, how did you do that? Like, literally, only he could do. And, again, this is fourth Super Bowl. How many – he's been in the league, what, how many years? Five? Yeah, I think more than that. But, like, yeah, ain't that much more than that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, four Super Bowls and you ain't been in the league that long, like, that's nuts. So – and then he's always in at least top three or top five quarterbacks in the league every year, if not number one. So we got to appreciate he's, the greatness when we watch it. He's one of four starting quarterbacks to have two MVPs and two Super Bowl wins. That, that's him, uh, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Like he's already in rarefied <laughs> air as is. <laughs> yeah, he already he already go level almost. Almost like 
That he's, he's, he's just from the play on the field already, he's already in that conversation, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, like, it's nuts. That is nuts. Usually longevity plays a role into the GOAT conversation. They be like, okay, you doing this now, but can you sustain this? But like, bro, if he gets three rings in six years <laughs> yeah. and five and four Super Bowls, like you got three out of four and six, yeah. like that's crazy. Like it, 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 it's crazy because like I saw a quote from him earlier in the week and my man has a Super Bowl week routine. Like he's been there so frequently. Like he has a routine for like what he does for Super Bowl weeks. Like the only other person we can say got that is Tom Brady. Well, this exactly. is quarterback position. So again, elite, elite company. And whatever he did that one time that they lost, he probably like, okay, we're gonna fuck all of that. <laughs> Get that up out of here. We'll keep doing what we was doing when we was winning. <laughs> That's wild. It should be. I don't know about a shootout, but it it might. It can't. Uh. So, like, let me set it up. So, it, it, you know, like this has been a Patrick Mahomes love fest so far. So, what do the 49ers have to do to win this game? The thing that they Baltimore showed that they can do when they actually tried to do it was they could run. Like they were moving. Like when we was watching that game. The Kansas City Chiefs was moving the Baltimore line, but it was the same way around when they actually had the run plays. They were moving that Chiefs line. Like, the Chiefs' defense is good at the pass rush. Like, they have a fantastic pass rush, which sets up their secondary to do things, even though their secondary may not be the best, but because of that pass rush, it's allowed them to play a little bit better or above their standards outside of little Jerry Sneed, who's literally a top-flight corner. So I think that San Francisco has the passing weapons to give the Chiefs a headache. Like, Baltimore didn't have the passing weapons. They didn't have, like, yeah, you want Lamar to stay in the pocket and make him pass. But Brock Purdy is literally like, hey, look, I got Debo. I got Brandon. I got uh, George Kittle. I got Christian McCaffrey. Like, and then uh, Jennings has come along during the playoffs, too. So, like, I have legit five guys that I can just fling that motherfucker to that if we want to work on carving up the secondary, which would be the Chiefs' weakness in this Mm-hmm. The 49ers have the line to sustain that. The 49ers have the weapons on offense, passing vertically across the middle. Like they have those, we can do jet sweeps and things like that. They have the running back that can come out of the backfield to line up and slide or whatever the case may be. Will routes, set up screens. Like they can literally cause you an issue with the pass game. And I think that's where their bread and butter would be against the Chiefs, even though they have a better pass rush. The 49ers damn near have one of the best off- have the best offensive line in the league. So that should be a real good fight in the trenches. And I think Yeah. That's usually the 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 tipping point. But the battle of the trenches is gonna be where this game is either gonna take off or we might have a defensive struggle. <laughs> I feel like with uh, with the Niners, honestly, I think it's simple. Like keep doing what y'all been doing. Like keep like run off it's like how y'all been doing it. I feel like for them to truly win this game and Brock Purdy is gonna it's gonna fall on Brock Purdy. It's gonna be how well he adapts, like no turnovers, no mistakes, like just you know, do your job, know your spots, you know, do what you're doing. But I, I feel like San Francisco definitely has has a, a good chance of beating the Chiefs. I actually have San Francisco as a winner. I think they are the well, favorites like, going into the game. Mm-hmm. I think they got about uh, fifty-seven points. I'm I'm not football guy. I'll be the first person to admit it. But I feel like this Chiefs team is different because this team 
is obviously they have Patrick Mahomes, they still have Kelsey. Like we know what that offense can be at its best, but this team has been carried by their defense. Like they're averaging yeah. what, 13 points per game allowed in the playoffs this year, which I don't think that you know, like that, that's not something that past Chiefs defenses could, you know, hang their hat on. So um I do wonder if, you know, like your prediction of kind of like a shootout. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that this team is necessarily built for that. Um, so I think that would be the answer to my next question, which is what does Kansas City have to do to win? Which I think is, you know, again, like their defense has to be the dominant defense that we've seen so far this year um, and kind of get the game in the mud, slow down. You know, like, don't let it become a track meet because I don't think they have necessarily the offensive firepower that they've had in years past to keep up with that. But I think that if they can turn it into, like, a grinded-out game like the AFC Championship game was, um, like, they didn't score points in the second half. They didn't need to because that defense was just that damn good. Um, I think that's that's the path to victory for Kansas City. But you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Hey, I Honestly, I'm... I'm- Kansas City can take a page out of the book of the teams that did run well against the 49ers because they have a good back in Pacheco. Like, he is. And I believe they got Jarek McKinnon coming back as well. So they have their good backup. They got Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, but Pacheco's a good enough back where they can feed him and get him set up on, like, the pin and pull toss plays or the outside rush plays and set those up. Uh, their offensive line have come along a little bit better. Um, and there's always going to be the factor of Travis Kelsey. Like, the dude just... I don't know how, but every he'd be wide open. I'm like, of all the damn wide receivers, how is this man wide open? That's what players do, man. Duh, and it's crazy. So it's like they have all pros on that 49ers defense across the board at each level. So it's going to be a bit of a test, but. I feel like the Ravens secondary was way better than the 49ers secondary. And it's going to be one of those like, okay, well, they was able to kind of grind it out, like you said, and they still had some big plays set up from the passes. And Kelsey was able to still like rack up the yards and things like that. For a team that has lesser secondary, it, it, I won't say it was going to come easier because they still have a way, like a big pass or that front four is ridiculous, like ridiculous. And then they still got Fred Warner patrolling the middle. So it's like, they, it's not like it's going to be sweet, but they have a little bit better shot through the air. And again, the 49ers have shown the last two weeks that they're susceptible to the run too. So for their success, it's just keep Mahomes upright. <laughs> and and get uh Pacheco the ball if you can if you can in those uh, key situations because at some point in time if you just keep Mahomes upright long enough he'll find Kelsey somewhere wide open. Yeah, that's all it takes. Um, Ken, you already tipped your hand a little bit, but my next question is, you know, who you got? Yeah, like I said, I alluded to earlier. I have the Niners on it. Um. I'm not going to say I have them winning by, you know, a blowout or anything like that. But I have the Niners winning by at least two scores. Ooh. Um, I mean, that's not a blowout. <laughs> let's see. That's a, that's a, okay. Okay. I'm not betting against Pat no more. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Like, bro, show, like, nah. You, 
you really can't you shouldn't bet against Mahomes. So he's he's earned that in my book. So I'm gonna go with Kansas City. Unless he leaves the game, I got Kansas City in this one. And it may not be by last like it may even be only by three points. But yeah, yeah I got my homeboy. That's just a dub either way. Yeah, my homes in my auto. Yeah, <laughs> I got uh, tell his daddy. I wonder what pack he gonna be smoking on this time. Uh, that man <laughs> needs to <laughs> sit down and not imbibe in anything. He got DUI last week. I saw that. Like, damn, um, but uh, but I could be simple and just say you know black quarterback. But I also want to say I'm a bit of a hater, and I can't. I don't think that I can. You know. I can live in a world where Brock, Brock Purdy is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So, <laughs> for that reason <laughs> also, <laughs> let me get Kansas City. It's only two things that is making me hate on the, uh, the, the Chiefs, honestly. Mm-hmm. One, Taylor Swift's Columbus in the Swag Surf. You see that they she paid for them uh, to get the uh, to do a remix. Ain't that a good thing? <laughs> and number two, Travis Kelsey Columbus in the fade. He didn't. That's he the, you did, but they did. He said he they saw the They did. They did. You said Travis Kelsey did. So my point is, like, I don't have no problem with either one of them people because all they doing is living their lives. Like how people cover they them. They living their lives, but the people that surrounding them is they, and they are Columbus and all of our shit. I, that's the only reason why <laughs> I'm in Kansas City. How ain't no motherfucker where you gonna tell me this to track? Fuck out of here, bro. We've been getting a motherfucker. I didn't create it. I didn't. All I did was ask for it. He cleaned it up. They just go to the barbershop. Let me get that Kelsey, bro. Like, what? Let me get that Kelsey. Since fucking when? Oh, I think I'm going to ask for a boost before I ask for Kelsey. Y'all wilding. Like, this is what we doing now? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't, like we had, we had the the Taylor Swift like surfing USA conversation a couple weeks ago. I can't be mad at that woman for going to a, a football game and cheer for her boyfriend. It ain't her fault. Like they just be throwing her in the pots all the time. Like I, I don't know no, what to tell you. I'm, I'm not gonna hate on her. It's just it's they. They. It's, it's annoying. I get it, but like, it's, it's, <laughs> all right, DJ Kelly. Man, like she on she on the sideline, like uh, Jerry Jones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she 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 keeps to where she's supposed to be. I get, boy, if Travis Kelsey do a haircut dance if he catch a touchdown. I'm turning the damn game off. I'm waiting for halftime. Is going to be in the background just lining them up? Somebody gonna be in the back. <laughs> I'm turning the game off, bro. Call me when halftime is over. Uh, they gonna slap the tape like. <laughs> Put it on. Fuck out of here. <laughs> that would be a full touchdown celebration. I'm not gonna hold shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, you really leaning into it? Okay. All right. No. Nah, so, like, the the most important part of, of Sunday's festivities is, of course, the halftime show. We got Usher, living legend, performing at halftime. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to break in. Uh, <laughs> So what, what songs do you guys feel like you have to hear from from Usher on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I thought you were just saying yeah. It wasn't like you answered my question, fam. <laughs> no, I got yeah, probably. Um, that's that's you know that's the universal banger for him. Uh, I want to say 
still feel like Good Kisser should come out, bro. I feel like he should play Good Kisser. Like that's that, all that, too freaky, that's, man. That, that, that's, that's the shit, bro. Like that song that's was fire. Freaky. That's the song that, that you play afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> too freaky for the Super Bowl, fam. Right. This man, want, this man trying to get down at halftime. Exactly. Like come on, man. I mean, what else we got? We got um, in this club. That, that that's freaky adjacent. Well, no. <laughs> well, <I'm good. laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, it is. It is. Okay. Right. Uh, they're probably going to do. Hey. Oh, my God. Just play all the freaky shit, dude. Just play freaky. <laughs> That's where they're we probably, at right now. I got OMG. Well, I am. Yeah, probably. Okay, uh, yeah. They're probably you could bring out Bieber and do. Uh, what's the Baby. name? No. Uh. Oh, shoot. I'm, I'm, it's playing in my head. I don't really oh, Whatever. It's, it's the song with Beaver. Um, and then you got... You don't know. You don't have to call. Couldn't do one. You don't have... Yeah, you can play that. What's yeah, like a, I feel what's like, like that's upbeat enough to play at the halftime. Yeah. He got to play something like roller, like roller skating music, basically. Right. Why? Because he on skates all the time, then? Yeah, basically that's what it's gonna be. Just like rubber skating. Cause what? Oh, you think he can bring? Uh, the, he gonna bring the stripper poles? He might. That's what good kisser gonna. If he gonna stripper poles, he might as well bring up play good kisser, bro. That's all I'm saying. You think they gonna let him get that off? Though? They ain't gonna let him get the stripper poles off. Either. Nah, but he gotta. Uh, you make me wanna. Mm, I don't know if that's. <laughs> yeah, he's an R and B star, so he gonna have plenty freaky shit. Then just regular I'm just trying to think of like what are his. I'm just trying to think of like what are his songs that like appeal globally, and you like you know he like you said like OMG like he had that run of like damn near electronica music that he put out. DJ like, got us falling in love again. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. He definitely he might do this whole well. I am not. I think about it. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably, that might be the open. That might be the open. He definitely gonna do that. Okay. Yeah, might be the closer. Yeah, they call me. You. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. So I guess like who are who are the uh, guest appearances that you hope he brings? Lil John and them for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently. Oh, what about uh, Daddy's Home? Oh yeah, nah. I can see him doing that. I can see that. I'm gonna get yeah, and DJ got us falling in love for sure, for sure. Like as certified yeses, those two probably gonna be. Yeah, I can see, I can see Justin Bieber coming out for sure. Yeah, I don't know, like Bieber, like he stopped touring for a while because he had like a face paralysis or some shit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, something going on. I don't know if he's back performing yet, but if he is, then I would imagine, like, yeah, that's a yeah. I think Justin Bieber. Yeah, cause I'm looking. I'm kind of going through like his discography as fast as I can. DJ got us falling in love with Pitbull. Mr. Worldwide can be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should got songs with Ludacris, don't he? Because like I feel like Ludacris is like yeah, he got a person that. Oh yeah, love yeah. is a friend. Yeah, yeah, it's with Ludacris and Lil Jon. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Sense. And then you got uh, like I said, Danny's gonna appreciate that one. <laughs> Who? That douche gonna appreciate that one. <laughs> Luda. Does he play superstar? I don't think so. 
don't know. I mean, it's, 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 more of an it's, a, it's a bit of a ballad, but it's, uh, nah, nah, he gonna play some. He ain't gonna be singing. Again, like, if you're thinking dead. about, like, again, like, one, like, his audience, two, yeah, he could be dancing. Like he only has so much time, and like there may be like a ballad just because like he needs something to kind of like change up the tempo. Like it can't just be like yeah. all you know high energy stuff. So like if there is one, like it's probably gonna be like a burst of you got a it. ballad. You got a ballad. Like, be a bridge between like high energy stuff. It was somebody to love. That's the name with. Uh, that's the song I was thinking up with uh, Justin Bieber, but they probably not gonna play that. They they'd be better off playing Hot Toddy with Jay Z. But. Again, that one's probably the only You got us all in love. Uh, that shit is the luggage. He got hits after hits. He got he like, stupid baggers, bro. Like, it's ridiculous. I'm not going to Vegas for it, but if he if he tour again, I I wouldn't mind. He is touring again. He's going to be in Chicago uh, two times. In October. Next. At the end of October, he'll be in Chicago. Okay, so when I say tour, I mean come to Milwaukee. I'm not traveling for it. Yeah, hey, I go to Chicago. I was going to Chicago. I was Y'all got 20, yeah. 29th of October. Yeah, I got to show. Hey, man, bring your ass to five serve. Let's go. He's up the street, bro. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, that, that it's gonna be a fun show. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. it's good. I mean, so always put on a good show. <sighs> um, NBA stuff. Um, King, you want to? I mean, sorry, Tim, you want to talk about All Star? Yeah, so a couple things from All-Star News came out this week. You know, as we're gearing up, it is next weekend. Not this coming weekend, but next weekend. Um, so they came out with the All-Star Reserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rosters, or the reserves initially announced, were uh, Paolo ba- for the East. It was Paolo Bancaro, uh, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, but he's going to be replaced by uh, Scotty Barnes. Uh, and Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid's not playing either, and he's gonna be replaced by uh, Trey Young. And then for the West, they announced and, who, sorry, Tim, have they announced who will be the starter in place of Embiid? I don't, I don't think know they about. I don't think they announced that yet. I, yeah, I don't think they announced that yet. But I mean, shit, if they had to pick one in place of Embiid, because it probably would have been Randall. But now it probably might be out, out of bio. Yeah. He's like the next big man. He's the only outside of Bankero. Mm-hmm. Those are only two yeah. other bigs on the team. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and then for the West, you have Devin Booker, Steph, uh, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I was I should have stuck with my cat prediction. Like he hasn't been playing well this year. Like he really has. I just I guess I didn't expect them to completely snub the Kings. Like I thought they would have at least gotten one and Sabonis was more yeah. likely there. Yeah, that was that was quite the uh oh really <laughs> kind of moment. But, but uh yeah. hey, they got they got both of the the Clippers in. Yeah. So I wish I'd be mad. They are stars, and the Clippers are rolling. Like I think, Dude. in their last twenty five games, they're twenty and five. Kawhi is shooting 55, 50, 90, I think. Jesus, that dude is always in a machine. He play, like unstoppable. 
to your point last week, Ken, they, they the new kings of LA. Hey man, I don't wanna, I wanna admit it, but that's what it's looking like. They look <laughs> scary as hell over there. While we continue to lose, I mean, but they, that whole squad got to make it to the playoffs. They uh, a bump in the road waiting to happen. Oh <laughs> yeah, they get the playoffs, and then they people have to show up in the playoffs, which is that a whole other conversation. You, it's only one dude guaranteed to show up in the playoffs on that roster at the moment. Kawhi. Kawhi. Playoff P and Jimmy Harden. <laughs> hey, you gotta you need all of them because they're cooking right now, but you need all three of them in order for them to roll. And if they all cooking the way they are right now, they, they could make it to the finals, bro. Like they a problem. Yeah. Same thing with the well, I won't say the same thing with the Cavs, but the Cavs is rolling too. They are. I think they lost one time in the last nine, ten games. Yeah, they're nine and one. I mean, it goes back longer than that. I think it's like 15 years. They won like 15 in the last 16 or something like that. That one loss was that it was. game against us. Yep. And after they smoked our ass for like four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they got us twice. So, yeah. But no, it's really, so... really scratched the bitch. <laughs> right. At least it bit them back. Fight back. Well, I did. I got them once. <laughs> um, they also announced the three point contest participants. I don't know if they're going to be adding more, but at this point, uh, we currently have Malik Beasley and Damian Lillard from the Milwaukee Bucks, Jalen Brunson from the New York Knicks, Tyrese Halliburton from the Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Maxey from uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, Laurie Markkinen from the Utah Jazz, and just recently, Donovan Mitchell from the Cleveland Cavaliers. If if Donovan Mitchell wins, I think he'll be the first player to win uh, the dunk contest and the three-point contest. Because he was on 2012 for the dunk contest. No, so, I mean, no, he'd be he the first player. <laughs> well, let me, hold on, let me, let me find out when it was. He, he has won it, but it, it definitely wasn't 12. But within his first couple years in the league. Donovan Mitchell has a dunk contest on his resume, so I think he'll be the first player to win the dunk contest and the three-point contest if he can win it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Because having to outshoot Beasley and marking an end with Dane, like, good luck, my guy. And then they already outshoot <laughs> Seth versus uh, Sabrina. They have their own shooting contest. Mm-hmm. That'll be so I mean, she's like, that's what they call her. They call her the female Steph. No, yeah, she yeah. a shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, she, I mean, she, you see her one of her last games, she was pulling up from half court and shit. I'm like, ah, Exactly, she a shooter. <laughs> well, the impetus for this was because she set the record in the WNBA three-point contest. She had 37. Um, so Steph started out, he's like, oh, no, nah, you can't, you know, you can't beat my record. So, like, now they're going to have the ultimate shootout. So, that should be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's, she put on a show when she did that, though. She put on a show. <laughs> that should be fun, but hell, they got their own aside. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. And she said she's shooting from the men's line, too. So. Oh, and you talking shit? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think it's talking shit. I'm saying, like, they're going to keep, it's not like they're going to have, like, a woman's line for her and a man's line for Steph. Like, it's, she's shooting from where he's shooting, bro. Yeah, she could be right. cashing that, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, she got range, but I'm not really concerned about. Yeah, she got a sleeper range. Um, yeah, that's gonna be fun to watch. And the last thing is, did you guys see the LED court that the NBA unveiled? Mm-hmm. Did not. So they got a court that they're going to be able to change the events and how the court looks 
So they have an, I guess it was German engineered, but they have a court with LED lights in it that allows them to be able to change it. So they could change it to the all-star game uh, layout, to the three-point contest, to the, the skills challenge and all of that stuff like that. So they can really be able to, you know, mess with the court. Which kind of, I, I thought it was kind of dope. I was like, that's going to be interesting to see nobody, hoping nobody, you know, bust it up a little bit, you know, don't fall too hard. And, now you got a black spot on the damn court. <laughs> I mean, like this isn't the first event that's had the LED uh, courts, so it, it has been rolled out in like FIBA. Um, I want to say like the European Cup or something like that. So it 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 has been <laughs> tested, um, and like it it can be dynamic. So like not only does it change like from event to event, but like even while they're playing, like it can kind of light up and have different. Um, like animations or whatever programmed in. So like, I don't know if they'll do it, but for example, like if like Giannis hits a three, like he can like flash a dead combo for three or some shit, like on the entire court, like it did like a whole like whoosh effect, like during the games that I've seen. So they can get really funky with it. Like, I don't know how much they'll try to play with it just because it's like, I can already see the old people <laughs> complain about it afterwards. Oh my God, what did they do? The court is sacred and blah, blah. It's just the like. hell is this? <laughs> right. Even they're going to be yelling on that morning after the All-Star game. So. Shook show this. <laughs> but I do think that it has, like, I don't know if it'll ever get implemented for, you know, the regular season, but like, I, like for fun stuff, like maybe next year for the end season tournament, they bring it back. Oh, uh, let me see that. For the title game. Um, yeah, I can do my thing really quick. Um, Clay Thompson had a, a vulnerable moment in his post game availability last night. He was benched down the stretch, um, not for the first time <laughs> this season. Um, and afterwards, you know, he was asked about essentially like how, how he felt about it. Like, is it tough? And he admitted like it is tough, um, but that he's also happy for his teammates and that they won. So like that also helps. But it's like it's tough going from being one of the best players to not being out there when the game matters the most. Um, like this season in general has been pretty tough for him because he's kind of had to come to grips with not being the dude anymore. Um, I know that. Steve Kerr has been pretty open about it in press conferences, um, just saying like, you know, like we've had to have talks this year and like, I feel like he's kind of getting on board with it, but it is tough. Um, and it does feel like we're kind of seeing the end of that dynasty, like that run is for the most part over now, um, at least the way that it's currently trending. Um, for me, it's like I have, like just seeing him in that moment and you can kind of tell like he he knows <laughs> where he is in his career like I feel like last year he had struggles and he was kind of like defiant defiance about it I mean like you know like it's early like I you know my summer routine is off and blah, like all these other things and he was like defensive when Charles Barkley and I think Shaq were talking about it at like halftime of a TV, TNT show um, essentially saying like you know like at a certain point everybody loses it and you kind of you know like it seems like we're getting there with clay and like last year his tone was a lot different than how he's been this year so it, it's tough you know what i mean like it's mm. just having empathy for people but like i feel i saw some responses on twitter that really 
annoy the hell out of me. And it kind of goes into a larger point for me recently, which is the lack of empathy that sports fans tend to have for these athletes. Um, like two examples for me recently are Damian Lillard. Um, after his report, return to Portland, he kind of talked about how difficult this season has been for him because he's going through things in his personal life, including um, going through a divorce and not being with his kids all the time because they're still living in Portland while he's obviously, you know, uh, his home base is now in Milwaukee, so he doesn't get to see them as frequently. Um, he doesn't have his strong support system that he had in Portland because he moved like pretty much his entire family from Oakland to Portland when he got drafted. So he set up everybody there um, and he doesn't have that support system here now. Um, and then also uh, Tony Snell. Tony Snell was back in the news last week because he was trying to get back into the league so that he could qualify for his 10 years of service time. Um, which would have given him like the top tier of NBA PA medical coverage, um, which would really be beneficial to him because he has two autistic sons um, and like getting the care, the top tier care for them would be made easier for him and his family. Um, if they have, you know, like if they're covered under his NBA PA uh, medical plan. Um, and again, like to all three of those things, it's just like, Oh, they get paid such and such amount of money. They should just, you know, I don't want to hear them crying because like I'm poor and, you know, it's, it's tougher for me, but I won't have the millions of dollars and I still have to deal with all these other things about like my job relocates me or my kids need this or, you know, like uh, with Clay, it was like, well, he is hurting the team. So suck it up and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, if these are the people that you cheer for on the court, like when they do something well, like, view them as human beings like they're not just there for your entertainment like these are people that go home to their loved ones and families and it's just it's gross to me that they're not allowed to be human and have human emotions and human reactions to the things that happen to or and or around them so i don't know it's, just, it's fandom in general like we'll get to later with the rest of the stuff but it's just boy I don't know. It, it's disappointing to me, like these are like as a sports fan that this is how the group that I'm lumped in with. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and a lot of these, I feel like I don't know if it's the internet or not, but it's more so like things are becoming more like numbers, like just people are just numbers and people are just stats, or these players or these athletes are just stats. So, you're fucking up my parlay, bro. Right, I was saying, or betting yeah. figures like they're you're just part of the parlay, you're just part of the leg. That if you don't succeed in this portion, you suck, regardless of how good or bad you're playing. Because Dame, I think, said it was like, bro, I'm still averaging 27 and 7. Like, <laughs> like this is a down year, I'm still about 27 and 7. Like, I can get better from here. Like, it's if you take into account the actual human aspect of some of these things, maybe it'll help your parlay as well. If you understand that he's having a rough night, or you understand that somebody may be off because they, you know, have a baby on the way, then maybe you do want to put the points up because we know how it is when after that, these cats have babies, all of a sudden they just can't stop shooting and they can't stop hitting shit. Like, <laughs> it's Literally. crazy. Right. Exactly. So, like, they want to shoot that. every goddamn thing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it's just. You know, 
a little more empathy can go a long way in understanding like just the dynamics of your team as a fan because a lot of fans want background information they want more information than they should be privy to so when you do get it you know you just gotta take into account that there's another person on the side of that and on the other side of this information that you're begging to have and are you looking for it because you just want to know because that's your favorite player you know i'm just interested in the person or you just interested in your parlay regardless of the fact Empathy will take you a long way, and again, it may help you out in the future too. Yeah. Yeah, I hate being the you know scolding people on here, but it's like, damn, man! Like, I saw this punk. Ah! Let me, let me, let me, let me stop myself. Go ahead, reverse that can, bro. I, 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 I want to hear punk. <laughs> But I was going to go further than that. Um, no, I like what really pissed me off is there is a guy. I want to say his name is. Uh, I'm going to find it. He on Buck's Twitter. You know, it's like uh, it's some acronym. I'm sorry. I don't have it queued up. But essentially, in response to the Dame thing, he's like, you know, if, they, if he can't play up to his standard, then we need to we need to get him up out of here because we're trying to win a chip. And I don't, I don't care about his, his divorce. Like, it, Kobe made it through a whole a whole trial in Colorado when he was balling out of control and, and yeah. all that. I'm like, nigga, never in your life compare somebody <laughs> going through a divorce and missing their children to a rape case. Like, it's That's not wild. the same. That is wild, man. <laughs> that is crazy. overt. And it's That's a terrible wild. comparison. Absolutely terrible terrible bro. and then like he followed it up because somebody said like do you do you actually have kids because like if you did you would understand like being away from your kids is kind of like the hardest thing to do he said i do got kids and like really the hardest thing is going through that with without millions of dollars to fall back i was like nigga that ain't got shit to do <laughs> with nothing with the emotion oh. with the feeling that i miss Dang. my kid i'm missing a part of me i'm missing pieces of me i don't have the little faces that smiling at me all the time i don't have them rolling up on me making me laugh you know i think i'm funny my kids i feel like they were funnier than me at times like had me rolling like you don't get that with millions of dollars what they gotta do with anything they gonna wipe their little asses with your millions of dollars <laughs> and hate you later because you got millions of dollars and but like, you try to buy me off like no that's not how this works bro again oh, he's empathy just, he's, <laughs> he's just being an asshole sorry it's it's tc the third esquire on twitter are you gonna find him <laughs> yes i was gonna find him no that was yeah, that was that was a bit much that was a bit much bro because he like, said it on, was whole chest, so i'm gonna get i'm gonna give I him the something like that he was asking for this man, you T C I I I E S Q on Twitter. My man's reaching for the sky. Chill out. Uh, he called him Woody. No, idiot. Like, don't ever sit up here and call yourself a Bucks fan. That's the type of bullshit that you bring into this fandom. Hey man, I mean, it's been a lot of random. Idiots on these here's the internet the last week or so. Is that right? In the last two decades since the, or three decades since the internet got created. <laughs> I was thinking, actually thinking about that today. I was like, dude, people got to realize that there's a bunch of people that's uneducated that has access to the internet saying a lot of shit. There's gonna be a lot of educated people arguing with a bunch of uneducated motherfuckers. You got to realize this motherfucker a lawyer. He educated his hell. Oh, he's, shit. Just, <laughs> he's just an idiot. Just an idiot. 
But with that, with, it's, it's even worse now, though, because the AI. So there's going to be so much misinformation now. Boy. Media literacy, bro. Hey, so anybody, if when we blow up and they start pulling stuff from back in the day, like, oh, you tweeted this or oh, you said that, I'm like, it was the AI, fam. That wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't me, fam. Hey, y'all that's created AI. this, bro. Y'all, I'm exactly. so that's AI, y'all ain't never pulled this ever in the day, no. Now all of a sudden. <laughs> No, fam, that was like, that's AI, man. That wasn't me. Do you want to queue it up or should I just ask Ken about uh, his folks, bro? Uh, I mean, go ahead. So, speaking of idiots, my guy, uh, this this wrestling community that we're a part of (laughs) has been just... They've been riding for your boy as hard as you have. Like, Cody Rhodes has been... The number one, he was trending for like three days straight. They can't do a show or promo without Cody Rhodes being mentioned. It's fuck the rock. <laughs> it's all Cody Rhodes. Bro, I ain't heard and, I ain't heard Rocky Sucks chances 98. Since he was a heel. It was so, hearing it, I was like, what is happening right now? So <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Just a real quick cue uh-huh. up for you, and I'm gonna let you have it. Yeah. Uh Cody Rhodes had won the World Rumble recently. Came out on Monday, said, I'm going to decide on Friday what I'm going to do. Steph gave him a plea. Hey, fight for me. You know, fight with me. I'm the working workhorse champ. Do this, that, and third. Then it was, he came on SmackDown. Roman Reigns shit all over Seth. Fuck that workhorse shit. You don't want to, you want Tribal Chief money, you want Seth Rollins money. <laughs> like, damn, dog, that was, why, why are we doing this? But Roman was getting his shit off, but he, he was both. nigga. <laughs> in, that, in essence, in essence, he's like you're walking around in your wife's clothes for the last two years. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like he was, he was killing them. And Cody was like, oh, "I'm gonna finish my story against you, just not at WrestleMania, because I've been talking to somebody who's been giving me counsel, and out comes if you smell, rock pops out. Oh, oh shit! Initially, oh, like, <laughs> initially." Pop goes crazy, crowd goes crazy, cause let's just throw it out there. Everybody in their mama been wanting Roman and the Rock. Oh. Everybody in their mama has been begging for Roman and the Rock. Begging for the Rock and Roman to have a fight while he is still the tribal chief. Just not like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it went from Jubilee and just pure unadulterated excitement to Hey man, fuck this nigga, bro. Like, what, what is this? I, I want Roman no. Rock, but not like this. Not been, not not because of Cody. What do you feel about the king? I was gonna say. So, as the resident Cody Cody Rose stand, where where do you land on this? How you feeling? All right. So mixed emotions. I ain't gonna lie to you. So when he came out, was like, yeah. And then the Rock came out. I was like, oh. And I'm like, what the fuck is it? Like, I knew it had to be something. <laughs> So I was like, man, this would have been some bullshit, man. And then it was like, fam, two years, right? We've been doing this for two years. Y'all playing in my face at WrestleMania, fam. And y'all was playing with my emotions and playing with my heart, fam. And again, like he did beat my boy fair and square. He can't beat nobody fair and square, so fuck him. But... I was pissed, dog, because I was like, two years. It's all we kept here. Finish the story. Finish the story. You have to finish the story on the biggest stage. 
There's literally nothing bigger than WrestleMania. Like that, you need to have your WrestleMania moment. Um, I've already, I told y'all before, I don't want to see, I didn't, I, I really didn't care about seeing Roman and The Rock. I feel like we're, we're about like two years too late for that. I feel, that's just my personal opinion on it. And then for it to happen this way, like I feel it, it cheapens it a little bit too. I don't know. Maybe, and that's me being on my chest about, you know, the whole Cody thing or whatever. But remember, I, I texted y'all a hot take that I would that I would enjoy to happen, that I would want to happen, is that uh, Cody beats, uh, he beats Seth for the title, and then Rowan beats The Rock. But then night two, Brock, I mean, um, um, Roman and Cody. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, Roman, Roman and Cody fight for the real undisputed championship. I will be happy about that, even though I know it's not going to happen. But it's just like, what? Okay, as a fan, like I'm gonna watch him beat Seth, and this is like, like for what, fam? Like this is not. This isn't it. Like, this isn't a story. Like, this isn't your pop's belt that was stolen from him that you've been telling us about for two years. Had me going watching all the documentaries, going back watching all this stuff so I can make sure, so I can make sure that I'm, I'm on board and all this shit. And yes, I don't... I understand why people are so upset. But I trust the process. And I trust that they are going to... It's not going to feel as bad as we think it's going to be. It's all going to make sense in the end. And I'm going to be in. That's what I'm trusting the process. Now, if y'all screw me when I'm trusting the process, then that's a problem. But, like, it's it's only the beginning. We have to just well, see it through, see how it plays out. And I think we, I think everybody will be satisfied at the end. Yeah. So I'm going to trust uh, the process. I keep hearing Batista, give me what I want. We're gonna eat a rock. I got what I want. That's <laughs> not what I want. <laughs> like you asked for this. Rock and Roman. No, that's not what I want. I wanted Cody. But what about the rock? Fuck the rock. <laughs> like that's Cody is the ultimate baby face, man. But and see, like, the thing about Cody, like y'all went after with him like that AEW. And, and like people love like the the comeback story and like you know all like he's the he's what what they call the product um the prodigal right, son. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone loves that type of story. Like I get it, but it's like all oh, most of these people that, that's here, that's Cody fans now, ain't wasn't rocking with him when he left, or wasn't rocking with him when he was on AEW down for two years by himself. So, yeah, I think, I think, and I think that what's lost is like the people that are in their chest right now. It's like. It's wrestling. That's how you're supposed to feel about the baby face. Like it's gotten more sympathy on him. It's made him a bigger star, just like losing to Roman did last year. Um, mm-hmm. And take into consideration that Dusty Rose' pretty much entire career was built on the build up, mm-hmm. getting his fingers like his fingertips on the thing, and then it getting snatched away from him. So it's like with that in mind, like one, they're honoring the past and two, like they're just building them up and building them up because like, oh my God, they just keep screwing my guy. Like I'm going to root for him harder. I'm going to go for him harder. And mm-hmm. like at some point, I feel like there's going to be a payoff. But like also, yeah. if you look at any baby face that WWE has had basically since the Rock and Stone Cold, like once they get the title, people turn on them pretty much 
instantaneously. Like the only one that didn't happen to was Daniel Bryan, and that's because he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Cause like I feel like if he would have got a long babyface run with the title, it, it's getting stale. It's getting old. It's why like every time. <laughs> you're shoving him down our throats. You're forcing it. He's super blind <laughs> now. Like it, that's, uh, that's what happens. Like, every time <laughs> Seth Rollins is a uh, heel, everybody starts to love him. As soon as they turn him face and give him a title, Boo. I can't stand Seth Rollins. He's, he's, <laughs> he's old. He's annoying. He's this. He's that. It's like, I don't know, man. Like like Tim said, like it's it's a lot of this is what I want. Give it to me now. And then they give it to him, and it's like, but not like that. That ain't what I wanted. You know what I mean? Like it's it it it's so like I trust these people to tell their story. And like honestly, WWE usually sticks to landing with these types of things. So it's like we have two components of this story, which is Cody won the rumble and Rock came back. That's all we got. And like everything else that people are filling in at this point is conjecture and hearsay <laughs> like you're just you're going off of what the dirt sheets are reporting or like we're filling in your own story it's like let let it play out let it breathe let's see we got two months until wrestlemania mm-hmm. a lot can change between now and then to get you to the point where it's like oh you know like to get your hopes up again but like for everybody just to shit on it off top it's like let it play out let's see let it yeah, breathe exactly. trust the process i trust you triple h should have got a little bit more you know, give out of that. Like y'all been enjoying the product, honestly. Like, just let it. It's, plus, it's WrestleMania season. They got to do something big. Let it happen. See what happens and judge it after the fact. But don't just try to shoot it down right now because you don't. You ain't happy that Cody, two months out from the main event, ain't going against Roman. Like I will you never say, know. they booed even the thought of him going for. So it's like whatever y'all do, do not do that because that's not going to help Seth. That's not going to help the world heavyweight title. It already makes him kind of look weird that he's begging somebody to face him at WrestleMania like that. Like, please, you know, like my belt. Yeah. Minimize my belt. (laughs) You're working so hard. You're working hard. But it's like, what champion is like, hey, dude, uh, come take this title from me. Like, I don't know. It, it it's not a good look, a, a good look in that regard. But again, like I like I said, trust the process. I figure, I feel like they're gonna figure it out mm-hmm. um, between now and then. Yeah, they'll it, be all right. They'll be all right when the swelling goes down. Um, yeah. So there is a WrestleMania kickoff press conference. Um, scheduled for this Thursday at, in Vegas, um, which is smart because they're piggybacking basically off of the Super Bowl being in Vegas, and they figure to have a big ass crowd. Oh shit, we lost him. Um, I guess, do you have any expectations for that, or how, like, like what they should use to, like, basically, what direction do you want to see them take, starting with this little kickoff show thing? I also like that they're on a. Um, kind of like bring more clarity into um to the Cody situation, I guess, because like because it's so much like fans are in su- such an uproar, you know, and like from now until WrestleMania, like if they don't do something, like 
the whole crowd, like every night, you're gonna hear, uh, we want Cody, or you go here, or booing the Rock. We don't want like it's gonna be nuts. Like every night, it's gonna be crazy. So they're gonna have to. I feel like they're gonna have to do something to kind of calm the noise down a little bit. I, as you're saying that, like that kind of reminds me of the last time they had a WrestleMania main event that people just outright rejected. Mm-hmm. And like I've seen a lot of comparisons to like WrestleMania 30, where it was supposed to be Orton and Batista, and then they made a triple threat with Brian, which may be where they're going with this. But I'm actually reminded of the year after that when it was Brock and Roman, and like they went through with the match, like it was getting booed out the building the entire lead up, <laughs> and then it produced like one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time, which with Kat with Seth cashing in money in the bank so it's like mm-hmm. they can bring you all the way like and I'm, I'm pretty sure they realize like in at some point during the run-up it's like oh shit we got something you know what I mean like so like, even if it's not necessarily their first plan mm-hmm. they can make chicken salad out of chicken shit you know what I mean like they yeah. can kind of figure it out and like it's wrestling like everything is always in constant motion so Again, like just just see it. You got you got to see it through, my boy. Like <laughs> you, you just got to see it out and see where it takes you. If we get to the RAW after WrestleMania and it's like, well, that was it. Like you can go back and throw this whole conversation in my face. Like maybe they <laughs> do just go straight through with with it the way that it's setting up now. But I feel like it's gonna be so many twists and turns between now and and April eighth or whatever it is that you just got you got to ride out. And like again, from a WWE perspective. People gonna be tuning in to that kickoff show. People gonna be tuning in to SmackDown and all the Raws and all the SmackDowns between now and WrestleMania, just to yeah. see like y'all better fix this with Cody. So again, like from a business perspective, like it's smart. And like again, like you got people thinking about the WrestleMania main event outside of the wrestling bubble. Like this thing is penetrated. Our culture, I saw like PMZ did a thing on it, ESPN did a thing on it. Like this is all good. I mean, it's all publicity. Like whether you think it's good or bad, like it's all attention for. WrestleMania, which means that it's doing its job. And it's making Cody a bigger star in the process. Yes. It's really setting him up to carry. Like, if Seth is really going to be hurt and be gone after WrestleMania, like, he's trying to get back for it, but if he needs to go out after WrestleMania and Roman mm-hmm. decides after Mania, he's done, and Rock is going to disappear after WrestleMania, like, who is going to be your face? It would be Cody. Y'all need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. Let it play out. But I'm looking forward to it. Like, it should be fun. Oh, shoot. My whole screen just went black. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Mine had went out too randomly, but I believe that's about it. Uh, you got a couple yeah. more kids. Um, yep. That's it uh, for wrestling. Unless, can you had anything else on your boy? Oh, no. That's it, man. Trust the process, y'all. Just relax. Yeah. Um, so the Bucks have the Bucks. Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> the Packers have a new defensive coordinator. Um, they have hired Jeff Hafley, who is the former head football coach at Boston College University. Um oh, let me fix this real quick. Uh, oh, bad, y'all. No. Yeah, no, Jeff Sorry, is, uh, Jeff is the new defense coordinator for the Packers. Uh, he comes from BC. Um, 
he actually said that he made well it was reported that he made the jump because he didn't like the direction that college football was taking he actually just wanted to coach football and not have to worry about recruiting and nil and re-recruiting the guys that are already on his team to make sure that they don't jump into the transfer portal which is an entirely different conversation which i feel like you run from the crime but He's a yeah. bunch of coaches quitting college, so like he's not the only one. Um, what do you think of the hire, Tim? I think it's gonna be uh, well. Let me not say I think it's gonna be good or bad because I don't know yet. But based on some of the things and philosophies that he prefers on defense, got like the keeping four down linemen, playing in the nickel a lot more, having a legit slot corner playing more press man coverage when the secondary that we have is built more for press man coverage <laughs> like being able to remove our outside linebacker as the number one cornerback uh, for the slap corners is going to be great cutting out the having more men in the box so it's cutting out the underneath routes it's going to be able to help to stop the run better which we've been preaching and who's the hollering about stopping the run but honestly if we're going to have more men in the box it's just going to rely a lot more on our outside corners and it's going to be double for the, to the deep ball just on the other side of it so but it should be like it, it should create more pressure on blitzes things of that nature so just being able to because honestly we're like man we need to blitz more man we need to stop the run man we need to be able to cut these underneath routes man they're getting these five yard slants while we 15 yards off the ball when it's third and one like a lot of the little stuff like that it seems like he's the opposite on the opposite end of that spectrum for that um younger coach they said that he's good with player development uh what's old boy name corner former corner niners no for, former for the corner for the 49ers uh, locks, long locks. Now he's on. Yeah, Richard Sherman spoke like highly of him at the for uh, when he was actually coaching with them. Like he was like, yeah, we get. It. He pretty much lays it all out for us. He prepares us really well. He sets the plays. He gives us all of this and the third. It's just on us to execute. Like, and the way he articulated it, it seemed like like he's really thorough in his game planning. Which again, we've been screaming. There's <laughs> like. Set these cats up so that we'd be good to go. Like, set this defense up so that we'd be good to play. Like, our defense kept us in games. Yeah, sure. But if we can have what we feel like is a better scheme fit for the players that we have. Like, it seemed like Joe Barry had the players, but he wasn't trying to sit, uh, adjust his scheme to have the – so he's wanted the players to fit into his scheme and not necessarily fit his scheme around the players. Seems like he's more so the, okay, if I got this, 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 Let's work this out with these guys, then. and let's make our defense. Op- let's optimize it to their skill sets and put them in the best position to succeed, as opposed to me trying to make them succeed in my scheme. So we'll see how it goes. But you know, sometimes having new blood, fresh blood, young blood into the building can inspire a lot more creativity, a lot more uh, connectivity with some of the younger players. So we have a really young squad too. So maybe having a younger coach can help with connecting with them and being able to communicate better and be able to, you know, I guess he, he's more of a, uh, I've seen a couple of like him talking in the interview before he got hired. I seen uh, like some of his speech that he gave in the games and stuff like that. Like, he seems like he's a dope coach. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the new day, but like anything, we're a young squad. We're still growing. We're still learning. There, it's going to be a young squad now learning an, an entirely new defense. So I don't know how much new it's going to be, but a new defense. Uh, and so don't expect everything to be all top two, top three 
the league first year. But and that, the learning curve. That was what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's essentially like give it some time, let it breathe. Because like if you think about it, the Packers have been drafting four three four defense for what the last fifteen years at least. Um, and so like the players that they have might not necessarily be optimized for the positions that they're gonna be moved into. So like maybe like they start off with kind of like more of a hybrid scheme and then like slowly transition into like what exactly it is that he wants to do um, as far as a four, three versus three, four. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely have never watched a single down of Boston college football. So I could not tell you a single thing about like what this man does, but the people that I do trust um, for their football knowledge all speak very highly of them. So uh, I'm going in optimistic. I knew what, I I, <laughs> I was familiar with uh, Joe Barry's game, and I was not impressed. So, like, I was never on board with that hire. Um, but this one, I'm coming in with a blank slate, no preconceived notions, and just, like, judging it on his mirrors. So, I look forward to it. Um, like, all the talk about, like, being more aggressive, especially in press coverage. Um, again, music to my ears. Hopefully, Jair... <laughs> That, that post that he made isn't a goodbye because, like, I feel like this may actually work to more towards his strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, ca- I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, one thing I forgot to mention during the wrestling segment that I did want to just highlight. NXT had their, uh, what was it, Vengeance Day or yep. on Sunday? Yep. How y'all gonna make? How y'all gonna break up the black the black team in the middle of Black History Month? Like, that's, uh, how you gonna break I mean, my heart? They've been alluding to it for a minute. I know, I know, I know. But they finally pulled pulled the trigger in February. Like that feels intentional. The minute but, uh, they did it, like uh, you can see the the fans like no. <laughs> I felt like uh, Jr. watching Triple H at the internet. Why you son of a bitch? Why? <laughs> uh, no, but shout out to Mello and Trick. Like they, I feel like again, like kind of like to the. I keep saying like a lot. Um, to the point that we were making about like, like again, to the point that we were making about Cody. This will only serve as like a launching point for them to be even bigger stars, and I feel like the best. Wrestling stories are always with people that are actually friends because, like, they really go out, go all out um, to kind of make each other better. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with that. I'm kind of think that we're missing uh, NXT right now because I actually would have t- tuned in. But <laughs> trick, um, trick, trick, and mellow up next. Oh, they got um, a match. No, I mean like they're uh, they as wrestlers oh, they are up next. Yeah. <laughs> like they are the no, next in line. I'm with you on that. Um, and then the final thing that I wanted to hit on, and if you have anything else, please feel free to add on. But WNBA offseason is in full swing. Like we had some big moves over the last week. Um, Seattle's building a squad. Like they signed, uh, they already obviously had Jewel Lloyd, but they signed Skylar Diggins Smith and Neka Agumake, um this past week. Um, that adds to, like I said, Jewel Lloyd, Ezzy Mag. Mag-, Mag- Good boy. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I apologize. Um, but the center. <laughs> um, I would imagine that means that Janae Agumake is probably also headed to Seattle, although that hasn't been um, officially named yet. Phoenix, 
Um, the Phoenix Mercury are also wheeling and dealing. So they traded for Kalia Copper today. He also signed Natasha Cloud. I've heard rumors that they may be in on Elena Deladon. So are they trying, they, they're into, trying to build they, something? They are, and they still have DT and Brittany Griner is a free agent, but like she's expected to go back to Phoenix. So um again, putting together a squad, <laughs> which the WNBA is just about to become a bunch of super teams because you already obviously have the aces, two-time champs. I like my girls. Um, you got the Liberty with Brianna, John Quill, Sabrina, their whole squad. Um, and now Seattle and potentially Phoenix have like all-star starting vibes. Like it's just a good time for W. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, the and Dream also has made some moves that not aren't necessarily like the bigger names, but picking up Jordan Canada, Ariel Powers, and Tina Charles are not like moves to sneeze at. And then I put on this, I put this on here for Camille because it's her favorite. But Courtney Williams went to Minnesota. The Lynx. The Lynx. Um, but it is interesting to look because. You know, in the NBA, it's all about market. Well, historically, it's all been about like market size and like the big teams always have a competitive advantage in free agency and trade talks. That isn't necessarily the case in the W. It's actually one ownership and how much ownership is one to put into the team. So like a good indicator for that is actually their practice facilities. And if you look at it, the Aces have like the GOAT <laughs> um, practice facility in the W. The okay. Liberty have a great one. Seattle's building one that's supposed to be uh, completed this spring, I believe. Phoenix, I don't know if they've broken ground on it yet, but Matt Ishbia already pledged. Like when he bought the Suns and the Mercury, he's like, hey, I'm building a practice facility. Um, so they'll have a state of the art place. Um, and then on the flip side, you have Chicago and the Sparks, which are like at the very bottom and they aren't attracting. Those are two of the biggest mark, two of the top three markets in the country. And they right. can't attract free agents or retain their own players because from a investment standpoint, an ownership investment standpoint, like they're not putting their money into the teams. So like they still have the salary cap, but like owners are finding a way around that to kind of entice players to come even if they can't just like outright pay them more it's like you know we gotta say they are it's kind of like uh locker rooms and and practice facilities in college football it's like there was an arms race in like the 2000s and 2010s where they couldn't play their players but they can trick out the locker room with like xboxes in every locker and whirlpools and couches and led screens and all these other things it's like you know they, they find a way. <laughs> they right. find a way. And that one, I mean, that that's gonna be great for the league. I want to say because then eventually that money can go back into the team. I would assume. Like now that I got the stadium set up, now that I got the facility set up, now that I got like the medical and all of that, like the weight rooms, the staffing, and everything like that. Now let's okay. I'm gonna go ahead. And this coming in or whatever the case may be. Like it sounds like it. It's still a long game, but they're getting better each year. We're also putting money into coaching, like uh, Becky Hammond is the yeah. highest paid coach in the league. Like she's getting over a million, which kind of like reset the market for W coaches. Um, the guy that Phoenix just brought in from uh, he was an assistant with the Magic, I think. 
he got a really big contract. So, like, they're really putting in, again, because, like, they can't spend money on player salaries. They try to do as much around the edges to kind of entice players to come um, come join their teams. So, hopefully, <laughs> to the point, like, that does trickle down to the players and that, like, as more money enters from the ownership side, that some of these broke boy owners get the fuck up out of here <laughs> and, like, they are willing to raise the salary cap and hopefully like the W players association can kind of uh, negotiate a higher cut of that revenue split, which uh, many blow the whistle on Michael Porter Jr. He made some comments on W, which were just ill-informed and ignorant. Um, like basically saying like the women don't, deserve as much because they don't bring in as much ignoring the fact that it's not about like them getting paid the same as NBA players like no WNBA players asking for that what they're asking for is a more equal share of the pie like the like the NBA players get because I don't have the exact numbers but like it's skewed widely in the favor of ownership in terms of basketball related income um and like that's that's what they're asking for that's where they think that they deserve more money quote unquote and to be paid like the nba players is because like the money that they generate they feel like they sh- they are entitled to a larger cut uh but he just completely blew past that he compared them to like the best ping pong players because ping pong also doesn't attract high audiences and then he's like yeah man they need to lower the rims because like i want to see girls dunking on people it's just like the ignorant bullshit that every mouth breeding maga as sports fan like regurgitates online um it's just like these are professional athletes that play your sport like you should be a champion of what they're doing but trying to back them like damn my god my poor is an idiot so all of them motherfuckers, the misogynistic motherfuckers, I was like, man, see, 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 this is what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, you gave him all of that. Ugh. I got the only thing that he didn't say was like the, oh man, they need to like wear skippier outfits and like show some TNA and blah, blah. Like, that's, that's the only thing that was missing from his stupid little conversation, but whatever, man. I, again, like, I, I don't watch the W as much as. I want to um, like I'm dipping my toe further into it each year um, but it is great basketball especially during summer when like you don't have NBA basketball like it's, it's a great product it's a lot of great players like I said you got super teams building you got and like these next generation of women coming up are gonna be crazy like you already have Caitlin hopefully Paige gets back healthy because you have her Cameron Brink um mm-hmm. Angel from LSU. Um, but then you got Juju Watkins at USC just dropped 51. No, she cooking. Oh, <laughs> Juju is cooking. But yeah, shout out to the draft, draft is coming up. Like, it's going to be some, it's going to be, they go, they keep giving like influx of, it seems like the last couple of years has been like, oh man, she's must see talent, must see talent, must see talent. Like, it should be fun. Uh, he said Charles gonna be Charles unfortunately you're you're right you're right and I shouldn't get uh, upset about it but I do want to call it out when I do see it um which another annoying thing is like people talking about college athletes in general was especially college 
women's basketball players. Um, the NIL, like I, I feel like people don't understand what NIL is. It's just allowing you to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. Those sponsorships that you negotiate as a college player, they follow you to the league. So like saying that they're going to take a pay cut to go play in the WNBA, that's not true because like all the stuff that they're getting paid for in college, they'll still get paid for it as a pro and get their pro salary on top of that. So no, just no. That's not, that's not the case. That's not in any way, shape or form. Like, yeah, maybe Caleb Williams, like he can live off of his NIL money in college. And like that may lessen his need to go to pros because he doesn't have to go get the bag because he can live off of it now. But like all that NIL stuff that he has now as the quarterback of the USC is going to follow him to the NFL. So like that 13 million or whatever he was making at USC, add to that his salary as a number one draft pick. Yeah, he'll be all right. It, he'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be all fine. Um, but yes. So. Did you have anything else? I'm sorry. No, I'm good. Okay. Well, we're hour and sixteen minutes. We we did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, uh, I don't have the parting words of wisdom. I'm not a. I'm not as uh, poetic <laughs> as the point guard. So I'll just say, don't be jerks. Yeah. Don't have be. some empathy. Empathy takes you a long way, bro. With that being said, again, send some some positive vibes, some some. Uh, I don't want to say positive again, but I'm blanking on words to use, so I'm just gonna say send some positive tweets, uh, social media posts to Camille as she's uh, recovering from a little uh, bug or something that she's picked up. Uh, you can find her at Camille Monet on Twitter. Instagram and PSN. We've only been doing this for 329 oh, yeah, episodes. Well, you know. I think that I will know this stuff by now. But um, C A M I L E M O N A E. I'm going to say it because you're not here because the moment's fancy. Ken is at K Harris216 on Twitter at everyday underscore gentleman on Instagram. I am at Bucks Burner on Twitter. You do not get my Instagram. Um, and Tim, what's your for us? And it's your boy, T I M K I N Z, the number three, aka Ask Ketchum, aka Mr. Give it to me. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. Uh, okay. I don't know where the outro music is, so <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have to flow over mode. <laughs> Follow the mold. Hey, nah, let the mold go. Let the mold go. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> y'all. Be easy.